today. Uh, and, and everybody said amen. <laughs> you had to listen fast last week. One lady said I was taking notes in shorthand. I was just, you know, because we were going quick. But uh, we've talked much about the covenant. Does anybody know what the covenant means? It means to cut until the shedding of blood. And God is all about the blood covenant. We've talked much about it. We listed all the major covenants of the Bible. And, uh, of course, then we've centered in on the Abrahamic covenant. And we talked about the ten steps of cutting a covenant. And we looked at the Abrahamic covenant. And then last week we uh, centered in on the new covenant. And uh, you need to remember this. When the Bible talks in the New Testament about the Old Covenant, it's not referring to the Abrahamic Covenant. It's not referring to the Abrahamic Covenant. It's referring to the Mosaic Covenant. Remember, Abraham was about 430 years, give or take, before Moses. Is that right? And God cut a covenant with Abraham, which is an eternal covenant, whereas the covenant with Moses, the Mosaic Covenant, or we would call it the law, the law of Moses. That was a temporary thing. That was a temporary thing. And the, and the main purpose of, of the law of Moses was to point people to the Abrahamic covenant. And the Abrahamic covenant is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember God promised Abraham seed. Remember that? And that seed... Yes, Isaac, all right, but, but what, G, what God was talking about, the Heavenly Father was talking about, is that some 2,000 years later, uh, the virgin would conceive and bear a son. His name would be called Jesus. You see what I'm saying? And he would ultimately ratify or to make officially legal that Abrahamic covenant. You understand that? So when we talk about the old covenant, we're not talking about the Abrahamic covenant. We're talking about, the Bible's talking about the New Testament. When it refers to the Old Covenant, it's talking about the Law of Moses. And what was the Law of Moses meant to do? It was meant to point people to the Abrahamic Covenant, which is all about Jesus, you see. And so, uh, what I felt led to do today is talk to you about why the New Covenant is better than the Old Covenant. Why is the New Covenant better than the Old Covenant? Notice Hebrews 8 and 6. Hebrews 8 and 6. Notice this. But now He, that's Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch He is also mediator of a what? Of a, of a what? Of a better covenant, which, is, which was established on what? Better promises. Now, what this is making reference to is, is the Old Covenant, the Law of Moses. And this is saying that the New Covenant is better than the Law of Moses. The New Covenant, see, and what Jesus did, just so you understand, got to get this through to you, the Abrahamic Covenant. Remember, God cut covenant with Abraham. And remember, and I went through it in a previous session, how, how uh, God put... You know, Abraham cut those, those animals, you know, down in, 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 in half, and they were laying there. And remember, the two covenant partners are supposed to walk the figure eight, you know, uh, uh, around those animals. 
but God put Abraham to sleep. Remember that? He put him to sleep. And God the Father and God the Son walked that figure eight. And that Abrahamic covenant is really a covenant. Yes, it's between God and Abraham, all right, but it's deeper than that. It's between God and his son, Jesus. And then when Jesus came and died on Calvary's cross and shed his blood, what happened is, is, is he ratified or made absolutely, officially, totally, eternally, uh, 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 official that Abrahamic covenant we know it as the new covenant and again the law of Moses was given to, to, to curb sin alright but it was given to point people to the Abrahamic covenant and what I want to do today is I want to talk about why is the new covenant better than the law of Moses why is the new covenant better than the old covenant and notice it says again he, verse 6, has uh, obtained a more excellent ministry, Jesus has, inasmuch he's a mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. So, let's note some things, some major reasons. I won't be able to get all the reasons, but the major reasons the new covenant is better than the old covenant. Why is the new covenant, which we live under today, better than the old covenant? Well, first of all, it has a better mediator. Isn't Jesus better than Moses? See, Moses was the mediator. That means a go-between. He was the go-between between God and the people, you know. There at Mount Sinai, remember when God brought the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, you know. And, and they're at Mount Sinai, and Moses goes up on the mountain, you know. He's up there 40 days and 40 nights. How many remembers that? And he got the, he got the Ten Commandments and, and, and so on and so forth. Much we could say about it. But he was, Moses was the mediator between God and the people in the Old Covenant. But here in the New Covenant, we have a better mediator because Jesus is our mediator. He's our go-between between us and, and, and God the Father. And you would agree that Jesus is better than Moses. Is that right? So, one reason the New Covenant is better than the Old is we have a better mediator. And now notice Hebrews 7.22. Hebrews 7.22 Here's another reason the new covenant's better than the old. Notice this, Hebrews 7.22, by, so by so much more Jesus has become a surety, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Now, surety, that's a little blind to us, so let's read it in the Amplified uh, Classic version, the Amplified Classic, it'll be on the screen. Notice how the Amplified puts this, in keeping with the oaths, greater strength and force, Jesus has become the guarantee, the guarantee of a better or stronger agreement, a more excellent and more advantageous covenant. So another reason that the new covenant is better than the old is that we have a better guarantee. Jesus is our guarantee. Wouldn't you say that's, that, that's a good deal? He's our guarantee. He's, he, remember, also, so we could say it this way, this way, one who secures. Jesus came and he secured that Abrahamic covenant, made it the new covenant for us, and he secured it. And it's between, and this is so good, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. The new covenant is between God the Father and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That means nobody can get in there and mess it up and goof it up. Isn't that wonderful? And Jesus is the guarantee of that. He secured that for us. And that's a good deal. That's a reason why, one reason why the new covenant's better than the old. Now here's another one. Go to Hebrews 9, 
and verse 11, Hebrews 9 and verse 11, says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come. Christ came as high priest of good things to come. And just hold right there. I need to say this. I don't, I'm not going to get off on it, but I'm just going to mention it. If you study the old covenant priesthood, and I won't get into it here, it'll take too long. But Jesus came, and he's our great high priest. You understand that. And he's better than all the priests of the Old Testament. He's better than the priests that served in that tabernacle where they brought the animals to be slaughtered. When people would sin, they'd... Isn't, it, it, here, here's another reason that, that the new covenant's better than the old. I've said it before, I'll say it again here. When you miss it, when you sin, is it a lot better for you just to have to go, go wherever you go and ask God to forgive you? Or would you rather have to go get one of your animals and bring it over here to the church and have me kill it and... Huh? You wouldn't want to bring your your you want to wouldn't want to bring your little prize lamb over here, would you? Every time you miss it, you'd have to have a lot of lambs, wouldn't you? I'd have to have a lot of lambs because I miss it a lot. See, we wouldn't have to do that anymore because the Lamb of God has died once and for all for us, and when we miss it, we don't have to go bring our our lamb over to have the priest kill it, you know, and present the blood and all that. That's what they did. See, can you see that's another reason why the new covenant's better than, than the old, isn't it? But Jesus is better than all the priests because they had lots of priests there in the in, at the tabernacle that served, and, and we could we could say much about that. But notice here, Christ came as a high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation. So he's talking about the tabernacle up in heaven. See, the one here on the earth that they had in the old covenant, the one that Moses served in, you know, and, and so forth, and, and had them erect, and then the one that Solomon, Solomon built years later and all that. See, that's, those were copies. See, see, Moses had the tent tabernacle out in the wilderness that they moved around, you know, but then Solomon built that grandiose temple, you know, where they'd bring the animals and so forth. And... Uh, but uh, 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 they, they, they had those, 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 those temples where the, the people would bring the animals. And uh, when they'd miss it, and they, and they brought other offerings and so on and so forth to those, to those temples and things. They, they, they brought, there were all kinds of offerings that they brought in the Old Testament. And I don't have time to get into all those this morning. But they would bring animals. But anyway, let's move on here. Christ came as high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you ever lose your train of thought right in the middle of something? Could you tell I lost my train of thought right there? I lost my train of thought, but I, it came back. Thank God. I hope it always keeps coming back. <laughs> Dale, does it always keep coming back? Where you? <laughs> okay. I'll ask John not. John, does it keep coming back? Push it somehow. All right. Here's the thing. You need to realize up there in heaven, there is a tabernacle up there right now. And the one that Moses built is a, was a pattern. It was an exact copy of that. And then Solomon built a more grandiose one later. 
But you need to realize up in heaven, there is a tabernacle up there. And there's a holy place, there's a holy of holies. And then in that holy of holies, guess what sits up there? It's the throne of God. Down here on the earth, it was the Ark of the Covenant. Well, up there, there's an Ark of, a, of the Covenant. And guess who's sitting, who's sitting right, right there? It's God. Is that going to be something when we can approach that? But you know, the Bible says we can approach it now. The Bible says come boldly to the throne of grace. Is that right? And of course, we can only go in there because of the blood of Jesus. So having said that, let's read on here. Now watch this. This is, this is going to get exciting here now. Now watch this. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not, now watch this. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. You ought to underline that and highlight that. With his own blood. The blood he shed on Calvary's cross. Can anybody say amen to that? He's, the Bible said, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. See, a lot of people, when Jesus was raised from the dead, that's about all the further that we go with the story that he was raised from the dead. Thank God he was raised from the dead. Is that wonderful? But the Bible tells us, if we'll read in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that after he was raised from the dead, he went back up into heaven with his holy blood, and he went into the heavenly holy of holies, and he stood there as, 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 as the Son of God and the Son of Man. He stood there on behalf of the human race. And he presented his holy blood on that heavenly mercy seat. And it was acceptable to God. And he sealed eternal redemption for us. That keeps us out of hell. Can anybody say amen to that? That's exciting, isn't it? And he went in there. See, he did work after he was raised from the dead. He, what was, remember Mary wanted to come and touch him? Remember that when she saw him at the tomb? And he said, touch me not. See, you, could, you couldn't touch that sacrifice until he had been presented. Much I could get into. He, she couldn't touch him until he had gone up into heaven and took his blood and presented it on that heavenly mercy seat. We need to realize that. And he didn't do it with the blood of animals. He did it with his own blood. Thank God. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained what? Eternal redemption. Folks, that's shouting ground right there. Now watch this. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. See, over in the Old Covenant, thank God for the blood of the animals. They did, it, it did cover sin, the people's sin. But if something's covered, it can be what? Uncovered. And they, you know, and they have to do that every year and so on and so forth. And, 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 but you see, the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover sin, it washes it away. That's, that's exciting. But the Bible says, for if the blood of, and we're talking about why is the new covenant better than the old. Well, if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifer sprinkling unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Can you say how much more? more. Say it one more time. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Praise God. That's exciting. So what am I trying to say here? We've got better blood. We've got better blood. Realize, say better blood. blood. We've got better blood. See, in the Old Covenant, they had the blood of the animals, which was a type of the blood of Jesus. 
it was a type of the blood of Jesus. But here in the New Covenant, we don't have the blood of animals. We don't need the blood of the animals. We've got the blood of the precious Lamb of God. And that's better than what they had in the Old Covenant. And then something else here I don't want you to miss here. We'll, we'll come back to it in just a moment. In verse 14, cleanse your conscience. How many of you have ever had a guilty conscience? Even after you've missed it, and you've even after you've repented, you still have that guilty conscience. But see, it, it, and I'm trying to help you here right now. If you have that, I'm not putting you down. I'm just because we've all done it. I've done it. Still deal with it. But if you have that guilty conscience, you don't really fully understand the power of the blood of Jesus. Because if you miss it, how many of you know we shouldn't go around sinning all the time? We don't have to sin, but if we miss it, we can repent and confess our sins. And the blood of Jesus washes that sin away. See, the blood of the animals just covered it, and they still eat, you know, something covered, it can be uncovered. But here in the New Covenant, the blood of Jesus washes it away, and bless God, it's like it never even happened in the first place. Can you say amen? amen. And, 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 and thus your conscience should be completely clean and totally like it never happened. Is it, did you get that? Here's a good example. How many of you are computer people? You understand a little bit, bit about computers. So I'm still trying to get somebody to work for me back in the... No. How many of you have ever been like me and maybe looked something up on your computer you should know? Got real quiet. Yeah, I confess. I've looked up Elvis. I've done it, haven't I? I've looked up Elvis, I've looked him up. I'm teasing with you, there's nothing wrong with looking Elvis up and listening to him sing Hound Dog, okay, once in a while. But what if somebody looked up something on their computer that they shouldn't have looked up? Oh, it got real quiet. Well, you can go to that local, that local history and you can clear that. But there's a server somewhere that has all the listing of all that. Do you know that? Did you know that? Now you might have to get a get a subpoena from a judge to look at it, but it's, it's there. The blood of the animals cleared the local history. But the blood of Jesus goes to the server and wipes it away like you never even looked it up in the first place. Is that a good example? Good example, isn't it? Is that a good example? It's a good example. God gave me that when I was jogging the other night. I didn't think that up. He said, share that with the people. They, it'll help them. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. Oh, 
found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. The Bible says if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. And the Bible says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That blood of Jesus cleanses you so much that there should not even be any consciousness of sin anymore. So there's better blood. Here's another one. Look at Hebrews 9.23. It's a better sacrifice. Would you agree with me that Jesus as the Lamb of God is a better sacrifice than the animals in the Old Testament? Yes. Look at Hebrews 9.23. Therefore it was necessary that the copy of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves... Let me start over. Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in the heavens should be purified with these... But the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. And it's comparing the earthly tabernacle with the heavenly. Let's read on here. Verse 24. For Christ has not entered the holy place made with hands. That's the ones down here that Moses built or Solomon built. He didn't go into the, to the one that was in, in that, 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 that temple that was up there when he was here on the earth. How many of you know he didn't go into the one that man made? He, after he was raised from the dead which are copies of the true. But where did he go? Can anybody tell me where Christ went in verse 24? Where did he go? He went where? He went into where? Heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Isn't that wonderful? Grab a hold of this, guys and gals. This is powerful stuff. I don't know if you realize it or not, but Jesus... He didn't go into the earthly tabernacle when he was raised from the dead. He went up into heaven itself. We read that. Is that right? Into heaven itself and he appeared in the presence of God for us. We're well represented before the Father, aren't we? He went in there with his own blood. Not that he should offer himself often as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. That was on the Day of Atonement, once a year. Verse 26, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. That's so exciting, isn't it? He appeared to put away sin... By the sacrifice of himself. So we have better blood. We have a better mediator. We have a better guarantee. We have better blood. We have a better sacrifice. Look at Hebrews 10 verse 1. Hebrews 10 verse 1. It says this, For the law, that's the old covenant, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, Make those who approach perfect. See, under the old covenant, we just read about it, they'd offer the animals, but the blood of the animals couldn't make the people coming, offering those animals perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. Would you agree with me that if the blood of the animals could have washed away sin, then Jesus wouldn't have ever had to die. Is that right? But the blood of the animals can't do that. For verse two, for for then would they not have had to be? Uh, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. See, under the old covenant, they had consciousness, continual consciousness of sins. 
But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year, for it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. You see, I've been saying it all along, but now the Bible says it to you. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. See, we should have a better conscience than what they had in the Old Testament. Because as I've been saying, the blood of Jesus, unlike the blood of the animals, washes sin away as though it never happened in the first place. Let me read from my notes. In the Old Covenant, God would not... Now listen, this is good. In the Old Covenant, God would not look at the sinner, but at the spotless animal they brought to the temple to the priest to sacrifice. And God would look at the death and shed blood of that animal which atoned or covered for the person's sins... And that was an ongoing process, you see. So when, when people would sin, they'd come to the temple. And isn't it good to know God didn't look at the person because if he looked at the person, they'd fall dead. He looked at the what? At the animal they brought. Are you with me? Are you with me? Aren't you glad we don't have to bring, I'll say it again, animals to church every, every Sunday? Okay? But that's what they do. And God would not look. He wouldn't look at the person. He'd look at their sacrifice they brought. Okay? In the new covenant, when we as sinners come to Jesus, when we come to Jesus, the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world, God does not look at us, but rather at Jesus, at His death and His precious shed blood, and sees us as perfect. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I said glory to God. Stop feeling down about yourself. My goodness, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, God's not looking at your mess-ups anyway. He's looking at Jesus, and He sees perfection when He looks at you. He sees you through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and He sees you as absolutely 100% perfect. Glory to God. Can anybody say amen? So stop feeling down about yourself. Stop feeling unworthy. Stop feeling... Stop it. Understand the power of the blood of Jesus has made us worthy. Praise God forevermore. That's exciting, isn't it? When God looks at you, He sees perfection. He sees someone that's never missed it. Glory to God. That's why we can go boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because you're so hot? No. You're just like me. You've messed up. Many times. But God doesn't look at, we're talking about the grace of God here. He doesn't see us the way we are. He sees us through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that's exciting. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's what he sees when he looks at you. If you belong to Jesus. Now, if you don't belong to Jesus, he sees filthy rags. If you come to Jesus, what happens? God takes your filthy rags and He gives you a gown of salvation and a robe of righteousness. And He sees you as spotless and perfect. Amen. Amen. Powerful. You getting anything out of this? Let's go on a little while longer. Look at Ezekiel 36 real quickly. If you, if you just want to look on the screen, you can for the sake of time. But check me out and be sure you look these up later if you don't look them up now. Ezekiel 36, 26. Let's, let's look at a few more reasons why the new covenant is better than the old. See, we have a better conscience. 
And now notice this, Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart. Listen to this. I will give you a new heart. He's talking about this new covenant here. If you took the time to read what Ezekiel's talking about, he's talking about the day when the new covenant would come. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a... I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. See, Ezekiel is talking about a day that was going to come. Did you know those prophets in the Old Testament longed to live in the day we live? You know, sometimes I go around and I think, well, wouldn't it be neat to be Moses? Wouldn't it be neat to be David? Wouldn't it be neat to be, you know, Jeremiah? And you get down, right down and study into it and get right down to the truth of the matter uh, and you go back and read a lot of what a lot of them said, uh, David particularly and others, they would have loved to be us, to live in the covenant we live in because we got a whole lot better deal than what they had. You understand that? We've got a whole lot better deal because, see, they couldn't get born again. We can get born again. They couldn't have the Spirit of God on the inside of them, but we can. See, that, that's better, isn't it? Real loud. Somebody say better. That, that, that's just a whole lot better. That's a whole lot better. See, uh, uh, see the Holy Spirit was, was, was kept inside that, 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 that temple in that Holy of Holies, but now, after Jesus died on the cross, raised from the dead, shed His blood and all that, you know, Praise God. Now the Holy Spirit doesn't have to go into that just in that holy place. He's on the inside of us. The Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Isn't that wonderful? We've got a better deal than the Old Testament prophets. Praise God forevermore. Now look at Hebrews 8, 7. Go there very quickly. Hebrews 8, 7. Now watch this. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no place for a second, sought for a second. And again, we've been saying that if the old covenant could have, could have washed sins away, there would have been no reason to have the new covenant. Notice verse 8. Because finding fault with them, and again, there was no fault with the old covenant. The fault was with the people. They couldn't keep it. And we can't either. That, you can't keep the law. We can, we can try, but in and of ourselves, we can't. You understand that? But watch what God does. Look, at, look here at verse 8. Because, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And we get into that through faith in Jesus. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. That's, that's talking about the Mosaic covenant. Because they did not continue in my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days. Now he's quoting from Jeremiah here. Says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. And I'll be their God. They'll be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, Know the Lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. See back in the old covenant, God would only deal with the prophet, the priest and the king. And, 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 and the people had to come to God. See the, the people came to the priest and, and, and the priest represented the people before God, and the prophet represented God to the people, and they always had to be a, a, a mediator. But see, here in the New Covenant, 
When we get born again, Jesus comes into our heart, God comes into our heart, the Holy Ghost comes into our heart, and we don't, we don't need to go to the house of God to have a mediator. We've got God living in us. Jesus is our high priest, and we have access to him 24-7. Can you say amen to that? If you need God, do you want to have to wake me up at midnight to have me talk to God for you? No, you don't have to because he's on the inside of you if you're born again. That's what this is trying to tell you then, right here. Verse 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, their sins and their lawless deeds. Deeds I'll remember no more. That's a good deal, isn't it? What are we trying to say here? The new covenant's better because we get the new birth. They didn't have that in the old covenant. But we have it here in the new covenant. And what happens is, is when we get born again, God changes us on the inside... Now listen to this. Let me read from my notes. The new covenant is a better covenant because God's way of life, reflected in the Ten Commandments, becomes part of our very being, and God writes those Ten Commandments on our hearts when we get saved. Isn't that wonderful? And the Bible says that we are living epistles of Christ, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on our hearts. See, what? The new covenant is better because we get born again. We become a child of God. And God writes the Ten Commandments upon our hearts. We don't need the tablets of stone. He writes them on our hearts. And under the old covenant, you couldn't ultimately keep the Ten Commandments. You'd mess up because of that sin nature. But here in the new covenant, this is another reason why it's better is we get born again, we become a new creature in Christ. God writes the Ten Commandments and His laws on our hearts, and then the Holy Spirit empowers us to keep them. Isn't that wonderful? Did you get what I just said? All right, let me finish this up. Go to Romans 3.20. So do you like this kind of teaching, or do you like the uh, auctioneer teaching? You like them both? You want me to get the motorboat running? Somebody said, do it quick, Pastor. Finish it up. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the kind of teaching we're doing right now will heal your body. It'll renew your soul. If you love Jesus. Now, if you don't love Jesus, you go to sleep on this stuff. But if you love Jesus, you'll be sitting there hanging on every word. Well, when I was a kid, I wish I could have learned this stuff. Took me years to, to get it. Look at this. Why is the new covenant better? It's better because of justification and righteousness. Look at Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Could you get justified? That means to be declared righteous. Could you get justified under the law of Moses? No. Just, you just read it. You can't. Look at Galatians 2.21. Galatians 2.21 I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness comes through the law then Christ died in vain. So what do we learn from these two verses? You can't be justified. You can't be righteous under the law. Under the old covenant. But under the new covenant we can. And justification and righteousness see justification means to be declared righteous or right with God that comes by faith in Jesus Christ and, uh, and, and, and we only have access to that through 
the new covenant. They didn't have that in the old covenant. You couldn't be righteous before God in the old covenant. Thoroughly and completely and totally. It was done on account. It was done on account. Look at Romans 4.3. Look at this. Look at this. Why is the new covenant better than the old? Romans 4.3 says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was what? It was accounted to him for righteousness. How many of you have ever, you didn't have money in the bank so you used your credit card. And, they gave, and you did something on account. On, right? You didn't have the money in the bank, but you used a credit card because you didn't have money in the bank, but yet the money, the money, the bank gave you the money, and but eventually you got to come up with the cash, don't you? Yes or no? Well, I'm here today to tell you Jesus came and put the money in the bank for you. Did you get what I just said? Because see, in the old covenant, you got saved in the old covenant the same way you do in the new covenant. It's through faith. But in the Old Covenant, when they had faith in the Messiah, the coming Messiah, who is Jesus, when they placed their faith in Him, like Abraham believed God, and what happened? His righteousness was put on what? It was put on account. Right? But Jesus came and died on the cross and shed His blood, was raised from the dead, and when He did that, when I said He put the money in the bank, what I meant by that is now... It's not on account anymore. Jesus paid it in full. And now when we have faith in Jesus, better than the old covenant, we, it's not just accounted to us. We become the actual righteousness of God. Can you say amen to that? And let me give you scripture for that. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. Old things passed away. All things have become new. Look at verse 21. For God made Jesus. He made him. God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become or be made the what? Righteousness of God in him. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Would you say that's better? Would it, better to, would it be better to have money on a credit card or money in the bank? See, in the Old Covenant, they had it on a credit card. In the New Covenant, they got it in the bank. And Jesus guarantees it. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? All right. <clears throat> and then we'll close right here. A better blessing. Realize, say, a better blessing. A better blessing. Now, the old covenant was a covenant of blessing and cursing. Blessing and cursing. Read Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter sometime. And you'll see that right there's the conditions of the old covenant. The blessings and the cursings. The blessings and the cursings. The blessings and the cursings. The old covenant was a covenant of blessing and cursing. But look at Galatians 3.13. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's when he hung on the cross. That the what, that the what, that the what, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, the old covenant was a covenant of blessing and cursing. But the new covenant, Jesus came and bore the curse for us. And he made the blessing of Abraham available to us. And what is the blessing of Abraham? It's all about Jesus. When we come to Jesus, we get the promise of the Holy Ghost living in us. Isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Is that, is that, is that something? Wonderful, isn't it? It's a good deal. It's a better blessing. 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 All right, now, I'm going to show you, give you, I'm going to close this with a little illustration. Okay? Now, I want, uh, I want Amber, you come up here. And I want this young lady, you come up here. Come on. I'm not going to hurt you. Okay, now here's the thing. Anybody know what these are? How much is that? Huh? How much is that? And how much is this? Fifty. All these kids now, all of a sudden now they're now now they're 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 hanging on every word now, Diane. They're hanging on every they're hanging on every word now. They're hanging on every word. Now, is this good? Is this good? Now, we're going to let you go first. <laughs> All right, which one, which one do you want? Which one's better? You, you what? You guess 100. Which one's better? Now, the, they helped you out. The 100's better. The 100's better, isn't it? Yes or no? Because, you see, the 100 has the 50 in it, which is better? The 100? So you had to pick one. Which would you pick? You picked 100. What's your name? Selena. Selena. You're a pretty girl. Thank you. You're a pretty girl. I wish I was about 40 years younger. I, no offense, honey. So which is better? Come on, guys. Which is better? Now, now look. You're right. Because the hundred, the hundred has the fifty in it, right? But a whole lot more, correct? 
So the 100 is better. Now the 50 is good. The 50 is good, but the 100 is? Better. Is what? Better. What is it? Better. What is it? The 50 is good, but the 100 is what? Better. Because the 100 has the 50 in it, but it has a whole lot more. So the new covenant is better than the old covenant. The new covenant has all the blessings, the blessings, the blessings of the old covenant, but it has what? A whole lot more. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. You all can go sit down. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you, my God, what's wrong with you people? You don't need it. You don't need it. Are you out of your mind? You don't need it. Well, I do that because the Lord told me to do it. And, and, and there's some reasons for it. I'm trying to teach these kids that it pays to serve God. I'm trying to teach these kids that the pastor doesn't come to church to get money off them. The pastor's blessed, and I can bless them. Hmm? I, no, 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 don't clap. I'm trying to teach them something. And I'm not trying to get anybody's money. I, I, I did that as a lesson to these young people. You serve God... And God will bless you. He'll bless you. You'll get born again. But he'll also, he'll heal your body. He'll bless you socially. He'll put money in your pocket. Come on now. And they'll remember that for the rest of their life. And I want to teach them something else. It pays to come to church. Huh? I bet she'll remember that. I bet they'll both remember. Now, here's what I want you to do. Now, you listen carefully. Now, you, now, now five of that dollars don't belong to you. Who does it belong to? It belongs to God. Ten of it belongs to God. So I expect that you don't have to put it into this ministry, but you, you seek God where he'd have you to put it, and you put $5 somewhere in the work of God. You put $10 somewhere in the work of God. Okay? And then I'd recommend that then you take a certain amount of that and save a certain amount of it. And then, and then also, too, I think it'd be good, maybe there, there's enough there, maybe buy a soda or, or, or something for one of your friends there, right? What do you say? Bless somebody with it. Thomas, you'd like, a, you'd like to get in on that, wouldn't you? So, so, so buy Thomas something, you know, or, 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 you know, or buy your sisters or something. Will you do that? I did that because the Lord said do it. And, uh, and you see, I had that in my spirit a couple weeks ago. I didn't know these folk were going to be here today. And the Lord wanted, somehow or another, he wanted to, wanted to, 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 to do that to bless, bless all of us and bless y'all. Did that make an indelible impression upon you? And what did you learn out of it? The old covenant, as good as it was, is not as good as the... Right? Which is better, the old or the new? I like new things better than old anyway, don't you? 
Did you learn anything today? Did you learn anything? Is Jesus a better mediator? Is he a better guarantee? Do we have better blood? Do we have a better sacrifice? Do we have a better conscience? Do we have the new birth? Do we have righteousness? Do we have justification? Do we have a better blessing? Yes. 